Welcome to episode 78 of the Horror Dads podcast. You are joined by your Horror Dads, John and Jamie. And today we have a great interview episode. We're joined by Lauren Marie Taylor, who starred in titles such as Girls Night Out, Friday the 13th Part 2. She even did a movie with John Bellucci, Neighbors, and Dan Aykroyd. And she was amazing, wasn't she, Jamie? Dude. Uh, I, I'm going to get a t-shirt that says, I love Lauren Marie Taylor. We should make them for the next convention she's yeah. going to be at. So she, and she also has a podcast called Not the Final Girl Podcast. She does. Uh, it's a great podcast. Love the concept. Yeah, she was, uh, you know, obviously in a film in Friday the 13th Part 2 with Amy Steele, who was the final girl. But, you know, I I think rewatching that movie a million times, I feel like this podcast by the way should just be called the friday the 13th part two podcast because we're going to interview every (laughs) cast member we can yeah also um i've i've said this to you several times that um amy Steele and lauren marie taylor are the stars of that movie to me totally i love her character in this um her and and mark are like two of my favorites listening to her talk too about like the way she approached the character she described what I not even what I was thinking, but what I had been feeling about that character forever. Yeah, was honestly, like, that was so succinct. It was weird she, insight yeah. that like you you knew, but you didn't know that you knew. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's what it felt like. So we are also real quick, not to cut you off, but she was in Girls Night Out, which you already mentioned. But that was we talked about that on our very first episode. I know. We're on seventy eight now. That's insane. Yeah, seventy seven episodes Jesus. ago we mentioned that movie. Yeah, and here we are now. 77 yeah. episodes later, getting to uh, interview Lauren Murray. Yeah. Honestly, it's so a, fucking cool. It's humbling and it's amazing. And she was great. So it's a pinch me moment. Can't wait for you guys to hear our interview with her. Uh, she was awesome. Oh, yeah. You guys are going to love it. But before we get into the interview, we always like to catch up a little bit. So if you're new to the uh, the show, welcome to the train. We're going to keep going down the track here. What we do is we catch up a little bit. Uh, we see what we've been doing, what's been going on with the family. And then we'll get into our interview here in a few minutes with Lauren. So. Jamie, yeah. we have a couple segments we're going to hit on. Have you been buying anything horror-related in your post-Halloween depression? Uh, I don't think I have, but uh, I actually have just been... I'm on the hunt right now. Well, right? Black Friday so, is in yeah, like a Black week. Black Friday is coming up. We got uh, some of our favorite merch companies are now all starting to pump out the Black Friday deals, which is like a little overwhelming, right? Overstimulating. Like, <laughs> yes. oh, fuck, I, I want that cavity yeah. color shit. I also want that uh, toxic coffin shit. Like... It's all starting to uh, overwhelm me. I'm going to probably leave Black Friday with no merch because that's, that's what, what you I do. do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, it's like I want it all. I want to gobble it all up, not to be too uh, turkey-ish. Well, what's going to happen? I know. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. Yep. Uh, what's going to happen, though, is on Black Friday, you're going to text and be like, all right, I got it narrowed down. Should I get this or this? And I'm going to check. I'm going to be like, they don't have medium. I'm going to go either. and it's going to be sold yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to buy a pair of joggers that looks like a pair of shorts <laughs> because it's like extra small. Extra small. <laughs> Yeah, I have not been buying anything really either, uh, but I do have my sights set on a few things for Black Friday. You mentioned yeah. the Cavity Colors sale. Got to jump in there. Yep. Fright Rags having a big sale. Our buddies at Toxic Coffin Oof. having it's a big sale. But I'm sweating. What I did look at last night, I was like, I have to have Girls Night Out on Blu-ray now because it uh, now I do too. Screen yeah. Factory release. And then Lauren Marie held up I, her copy. Dude, and she's on dude. the cover. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus. So, oh, dude, we got to have her, we got to buy that and have her sign it. So that's, there that's you go. our plan here. Yep. So, uh, but yeah, so that's, that's my plan. But we did receive a gift from a patron and friend of ours, Nathan Glaze. So Nathan sent us this beautiful, beautiful Vinegar Syndrome 4K of Texas Chainsaw 2. And Nathan, I'm not joking you. I have, I got to John's and it was here and I've just been staring at it. This entire podcast, I've just been staring at it. It is beautiful, man. Thank you so much for sending it. Yeah, dude, oh, thank God you. Damn. We're, we're going to do custody uh, yes, rights with it. Yes. So a week at my house, a week at yours. And Vinegar Syndrome, uh, where you got this from, they are just, they pump out, John and I were talking about this, they pump out the most incredible shit. Like all of their stuff is so high quality, uh, even if the movie is not. Right? Like yeah, it might be dude. a low quality movie, the but the they packaging, put into it. Yeah. yeah, it's unbelievable. So thank you, Nathan. We appreciate you. Jamie, Love what you, have man. you been watching? I also love Oh, you. so um, it's about fucking time I finally watched Nope. So did I. Yeah. Uh, so it's you can rent it now on Amazon for five ninety nine. You don't have to spend the twenty bucks. Guess what, uh, Maddie from Alone in the Dark told me it comes on Peacock tomorrow. I know. Yeah, yeah I know. But it's <laughs> but, fine. I, I yeah. have no regrets over the six bucks that I spent on that. Um, yeah, it's great. 
because honestly, if I could have gotten out, if I didn't have kids, I would have gone in the theater and spent fucking 30 bucks. So I don't care. Uh, but dude, so, all right. So the first watch, I watched it twice because it, you get that 48 hour rental, right? So it's like, I'm going to use all this six bucks. It's only two and a half hours yeah. long. <laughs> uh, so I watched it the first time, uh, thought it was pretty like, meh. Like I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. Right. Yeah. Watch it again. Uh, I would say I love it now. Dude, I, I loved my first watch and only watch. It yeah. felt like a Jurassic Park quality, like big blockbuster sort of feel, but it had that um, comfort of like, of, uh, <clears throat> I guess like int- it felt intimate, even though it was big. You know what I mean? Yeah. The like writing it, is so good. The I writing mean, is so tight. Just so good. The acting is so tight. Yep. Um, the main character, uh, his name's escaping me. The dude that was in Get Out, like his ability to portray Daniel, yeah, yeah. He, so he's so good he's i mean he's amazing just um, stand like his presence just making a look with his face is unbelievable he's great yeah and to see his range because everything i see that dude in his he's a different guy you know what i mean yeah. it's not like one of those characters those actors where you're like he's the same guy all the time he's always so different um and nails it every time but yeah uh the so the rewatch with a lot of these new directors that are doing the uh, air quote elevated horror movies. Mm, don't say that. The second watch is always better to me now. Like I hated Hereditary uh, Midsummer the first two times I saw it. Us, I was also kind of mad on. Loved it the second time. Um, this is no exception. Uh, you just pick up on all the, the different, the little like symbolic things that they drop. Um, and then they always kind of harken back to things that at the beginning that you don't notice right away. Sure. Uh, and they'll harken back later in the film to that. And it doesn't really resonate unless you watch it a second time when you see that for the first time, um, with already having that understanding of sure. what that means. Yeah. If this makes any fucking sense. No, I'm it rambling does. It at does. This point. No, it's, it's, it's very smart. It's very intelligent. Yes. It's very deliberate. Um, and you you watch a film that's two and a half hours long and you're like, there's no way all of this can be deliberate in every second of this. Film it's all counts. deliberate. Yes. Yeah. And that second time is when I went like, Oh, there are so many like aha moments, you know, um, not to belabor this whole thing about uh Nope, but the fucking like there's, there's some horrific moments in this movie and mostly surrounding the chimp. Oh, that I was going to text <laughs> yeah. you while that part was happening. Yeah, dude. But, so, all right, we're going to move on from Nope. I also saw it. I agree with you. I love Gordy it. is a prick. Yeah, Gordy's yeah. a tough customer. So I I checked out Terrifier too, even though I said I wouldn't. Um, and I gotta say, oh my god, yeah, I know. Terrifier too. I know. I, know. I went in. All and right, saw so it. you didn't even want to watch the fucking first one. I know. Yeah, yep. you went and got Screenbox for the second one. So here's here's what Keep happened. Ass John, <laughs> it has nothing to do with money. <laughs> Just. I started seeing all of these comments. You know, our buddy Mud Nelson, like he's a huge mm-hmm. Terrifier fan. And sure. Um, our our buddies, EC Crawl. Like we got all these friends that have been kind of not even coming direct to us because I think they know how we feel about the Terrifier. Yeah, it's the mean nature of the meanness. Yeah, that we don't. But I'm seeing all this stuff about like, is this the birth of the next Freddy Krueger? Sure. Is this the birth of the next Jason Horror icon. Yeah. And so I started to think pause reality for a moment and i was like you know what maybe like our parents when nightmare on elm street came out you know obviously maybe they were like hey this is weird i can't believe these kids are watching this stuff so that that's what prompted me to investigate and i was like i'm not i'm doing what we do here for no money uh, as a, a passion project a disservice by not participating yes so i felt compelled to watch it and i will say i liked it more than the first one i don't think that's got to be too hard no, that first one is uh, just not very good. And uh, this movie costs less to make than the what? original Halloween. Oh, I thought you were going to say than the first Terrifier. But think, think that of that though. Three hundred thousand dollars is what this movie cost. Yeah, and no, I don't. He has like no budget. Grossed yeah. like oh, over this, ten million. This was or an overwhelming like, success. Yeah, yeah. which the it's first amazing one was not, for, but. I don't know if that was like the studio pumping out the the people fainting and passing out that was that's a gold mine yeah that uh, i mean that shit uh, like is a gold alfred mine. hitchcock had similar things yeah. when psycho came out like right. all the all of that did did one it was free Quentin tarantino press. had dealt yeah. with that i mean yeah. that that's like that is free press yeah. yeah because it's all on it's like 
when I would click through non-horror news sites, right? It's like clickbait articles all about passing out. Like this horror movie, you're passing. It wouldn't even have the name of the movie. It would just, you'd have to click to see it. And I knew, like every time I would click, knowing what it was, I would still click and be like, there are just people everywhere, non-horror fans clicking this and going to see this movie because they're fucking interested, you know? It's insane. Yep. Really also insane. fucking great for them. I'm I'm so happy for I'm happy for Damien. Everyone involved. Ha- yep. Happy for Damien. Like every even the uh the the female lead in the film, I think she did a great job. So uh kudos to everyone in that project. Still not my favorite thing on earth, but good good stuff. I still need to see it. Yeah. So anything else you've been watching before we jump to our next uh, segment here? Uh nothing I can think of. Let's move it on. Yeah, let's move it on. So what are you wearing? Oh, so because of what we're doing, um, I wore my Ghoulish Gary Friday the 13th. Part three. Yes. Yeah. The 3D uh, design. One of my most favorite designs of all time, honestly. I know it's simple. I fucking love it. Love Ghoulish Gary. He's a dude. Yeah. Uh, I did the same thing. I have my Camp Crystal Lake counselor uh, hoodie on. Oh, yeah. Nice. This is a Amazon Father's Day gift. So we always call it the Jeff uh, Bezos special. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, this is a, a Jeff special. It's a very like, clean design, though. I like Dude, I design. love it. Yeah. And it's to the point where like I, there are a bunch of holes in it because I always wear it when I'm doing mm-hmm. stuff in the yard and stuff. So I'll probably have to like tear the sleeves off at some point and make it into a, a workout hoodie or something. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So what's been going on with the family, man? Anything, yeah, anything so fun to note? We had um, my son's, he turned five. We had his like little birthday party. It wasn't like we're going to have a full party with other kids and stuff um, after Thanksgiving. But we had, his birthday was on Monday. Uh, so we had like the parents and grandparents and, you know, people like that come over. Yeah. Um, and he wanted a horror themed <laughs> birthday party. And so my parents are not into the horror thing. They're more conservative. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're not uh, really into uh, my five-year-old being into horror, if that makes sense. No, I, I get it. <laughs> uh, so my wife is like, look at this stuff I got. I got this uh, horror tablecloth and horror napkins and horror paper plates. And uh, like everything was fucking horror. And uh, which is like amazing, right? Like I loved it. He loved it. Like everything he would look at, he'd be like, Hey, look at these like little decorations. I got the ghost face decorations. Like he was just all in, uh, the parents come over and he's running around in his, <laughs> he wanted, uh, the one Halloween mask that he wanted was Halloween kills. <laughs> so we let him pick that mask that he wanted because like he said, the only thing he really wanted was a uh, Michael Myers mask. So we let him pick out which one, um, What's the Trick or Treat Studios? They're yeah. sold out of a lot. Like, they have a lot on back order. Yeah. The ones that they had available, um, Halloween 2 comes to mind. There were a couple others. Um, he did not want the Halloween 5 <laughs> mask. I uh, wonder why. Uh, but he picked the <laughs> Halloween kills. And, uh, Didn't you say he's like, he'll put any of us to shame and he'll be like, what uh, What mask is this? And you'll look at it and you're like, I don't know, part no, it's not the mask. It's the the theme oh, songs. Oh, the theme the songs. Themes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could play the theme from any movie, and he'll know which one. I don't even know. Yeah. Like he'll even stump me because I don't know some of them. You know, uh, like honestly, like a note will play, and he'll be like, "Halloween too." <laughs> like what? It's pretty impressive. Dude. Oh, I mean, it's too. five. Uh, so yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. Like he's running around in this Michael Myers mask the whole time. And that dude, that Halloween kills mask is fucking terrifying because it's like half burnt. And scary, half, yeah. yeah. Oof. But yeah, it was so much fun. Um, him running around and the other kids that came over, they were, he has a little ma- like mask. It's the, honestly, it's fucking Michael Myers. <laughs> he's got this section of like his masks that he has. Uh, so other kids will come and My put mask them on. Shelf. And, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So my family stuff going on, you know, I went from being real sad last week about Halloween being over to yep. this week. I was like, all right, I'm Christmas mode. Yeah. Like I'm getting ready for the holidays. Uh, so decorated the house on Sunday, getting super into it. But my my so my oldest daughter, not really into Halloween or she's in Halloween, but not into scary stuff. And she lo- she loves Halloween because I love Halloween. It's more sure. that, right? Yep. And she she keeps saying, like, is it okay that I like Christmas more than I'm like, family, absolutely. Like, please. Yes, that's your thing. Like, love Christmas 
as much as you want. Love any holiday you want, right? But my youngest is like, no, pops, I'm with you. Like Halloween's my thing. So she keeps this going. This is to a sc- dynamic with my kids as well. <laughs> well, she keeps going to school, and they have like art, free art kind of uh, thing in preschool where like last hour you draw or whatever. And she keeps drawing Halloween pictures to bring home for me. Yes. And my wife, her mother, uh, is teaching in right. her classroom mm-hmm. and she said like the teacher keeps saying like okay honey let's uh let's make so- let's make a rain like let's do something else here let's do a drain like anything man. anything yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah just not into it won't give up so she uh she and i have the same heartbeat oh here's sure. your snowman it's jack frost <laughs> oh man so all right let's get into the interview but before we do that a couple quick things to plug so we do have a Patreon if you're interested in some additional Horror Dads content. We have a huge backlog of bonus episodes, watch-throughs, never-seen-it episodes, videos where we open new merch and uh, look look through things that we've been buying and, and, and doing. So Yeah, if you were to join Patreon right now, you would have so much fucking content. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I, I was counting, it's, it's upwards of like 40 or 50 additional episodes. Damn, so, yeah. Uh, we've been doing it, so... Head over to Patreon. We've got a couple tiers. If you're interested, please uh, consider subscribing. You can follow us on social media at any channel at Horror Dads, but Instagram is our primary channel. Uh, If you'd like some merch or to check out some additional Horror Dads stuff, you can go to HorrorDads.com. We have a full web store there. And finally, we do have two promotions we need uh, to address. So I'm going to hit these real quick and then we'll go into it. First one's for a little film that you might know called Pearl. So A24 and Lionsgate welcome you back to Ty West's horrifying world of X with the blood-soaked and unforgettable origin story, Pearl. Mia Goth delivers one of the best performances of the year as the iconic villain Pearl. Certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, own Pearl now on Blu-ray and digital. Rated R. Second up is another movie many of you have talked to us about called Smile. Bring Smile home on digital. Sozie Bacon stars in the terrifying horror which critics are calling haunting and scary as hell. Buy Smile on digital now and face your fears with over an hour of heart-pounding bonus content, including the original short film that started it all. Available at participating retailers. Rated R from Paramount Pictures. Have you seen Smile? I haven't. All right, so I watched, I forgot, I watched Smile as well. Uh, Dude, so good. I heard Uh, it's amazing. uh, There are... Uh, so w- it's tough when you go into a movie that's overhyped, right? Not that it's overhyped, but it's hyped up. Smile has been hyped up. Smile has been hyped. Uh, so I kind of went in like, I'm going to be a little bit disappointed probably. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's great. And there's a couple moments where like, I had one moment, uh, where, uh, I had actual like full body chills. Oh, you nice. Know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah good. So that's good. Any movie that can give that to you is in, in this day and age. When you feel like you've seen everything. Yeah. Uh, it's good. That's what I've heard. Nothing but, hey, it's very inventive and creative and top notch. So pumped to get in there. Yeah. So speaking of uh, inventive and creative, you want to get to our interview with Lauren? Let's do it, buddy. Let's get at it. Bye, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Horror Dads podcast. We are thrilled to be joined today by Lauren Marie Taylor, actor who starred in films such as Friday the 13th Part 2 and Girls Night Out. She's also a podcaster of her own. She has a podcast called Not the Final Girl, and she's also a dog lover. So, Lauren, thank you so much. Welcome to the <laughs> hey, show. Hey, Lauren. Thanks, Dad. Thanks for having me on. I love your name, Horror Dads. It was uh, that's, why, that's why when we first started chit-chatting before we started recording, I was in the kitchen because I thought, you know, you guys are dads. You can appreciate a mom cooking in the kitchen. Oh my god! Totally, yeah. totally get it. We <laughs> we do a lot of cooking ourselves. So, uh, and it is around dinner time. So we just appreciate you giving us a few minutes of your time. We're huge fans of yours. So this is honestly an honor. So thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me on. You guys have stuff in the background. I see. I have like memorabilia. Oh, oh there's yeah. tons of stuff. So I actually I have to. <laughs> we got to meet up with you at a convention soon. So I have a Camp Crystal Lake. Um, uh, poster over here. I've got Adrian King on it and Amy Steele. So I, I, I need you on this uh, poster as well. So we'll yeah, you do. Thank you. Find a find a time out there. But yeah, we're we're big time collectors for sure. Um, awesome. Yeah. I mean, I've got a little collection. Thanks to my brother. Actually, he got me. I've got the uh, masks of Jason poster that he got me for my birthday, and then some original artwork and 
you know, movie stuff and, you know, things that people have given me at conventions, I like to have up also. And I've got a NECA of the Sackhead Jason that Mm. Warrington actually signed for me. And he said, I'm going to rip those brown undies right off of you. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Oh, geez. So, so yeah. So Lauren's character uh, in Friday the 13th Part 2, which we'll get into in a moment here. Um, was the character of Vicky. So I think on your Instagram, I was laughing when I saw uh, under the description, you said Vicky from uh, Friday the 13th Part 2 with the brown undies or whatever it was. So yeah. I, I found that pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's identifiable. You know, I do a, um, oh, I should show you guys a picture. I do a photo op with the brown undies. My um, my uh, convention agent uh, dared me to do it. I, I said, you know, I said, Amy does this with this outfit and you know, Warrington or, you know, and Steve Dash in the past, God rest his soul, used to do it with the, the overalls. I said, why don't I do a photo op with my costume, which are, you know, the, that ugly the sweater, sweater yeah. and the uh, brown undies. And of course, I don't have the sweater. I think I burned the brown undies in effigy because I, ugh, I thought they were the ugliest <laughs> things I've ever worn. But we had a mock-up done of the sweater because production held on to our wardrobe, except the brown undies. They ha- held on to the wardrobe in case we had to reshoot something down the line so as a dare i said you know what i said let's do a um a brown undie uh photo op and about a week later she texted me she was lauren are you sure are, or are you just kidding i said no let's go ahead and do it <laughs> so this was recently at frightmare at the falls and it's uh oh my god one of my agents with lachlan monroe <laughs> from freddie versus jason yeah 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 <laughs> so that's the photo op that uh that we do. And it's lots of fun because Lachlan had no idea that we were in the process of just testing, you know, the camera for the photo op. And he walked in thinking it was our, you know, Friday the 13th group photo from the franchise. And he actually went like this. Oh, <laughs> and they snapped the picture. That's, <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. That's, that's super yeah, it was fun. pretty funny. <laughs> Super fun. So let's, I, we definitely, we don't want to monopolize and only talk about Friday the 13th part two, because you uh, have done a lot more than just that. Uh, but we definitely want to talk a lot about that. Uh, but let's talk about the start. So per IMDb, you grew up what in the Bronx, uh, in New York. Yeah. So what got you into yeah, acting? I'm a Bronx girl. Awesome. I'm a, a Bronx girl, a Yankee fan from, I lived in the tenements. We used to sleep on the fire escape on hot days in the summer. And then we moved to the projects. And I wound up spending the, um, I guess, from second grade until eighth grade. So six years, I lived across the street from the cemetery. So that started my early interest mm. in everything scary. Yeah. I So I also, I used to live in New York City as well. So I'm a, a huge Yankee fan. If I didn't do this on, uh, for a podcast, I'd probably have a Yankees podcast. So um, <laughs> I could talk about that forever. But Jamie will start kicking me uh, if I do that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so what? So that got you kind of into all things spooky, but what? Uh, when did your acting career start? Was that early on, or? Um, no, not really. Um, I was I was a very shy girl growing up, and my brother and I went to school in New York City. So we would commute from the Bronx, and then we moved to Brooklyn, and then we would commute to, from Brooklyn. And he went to an all boys school on the Upper East Side, right next door to my school, which was a co-ed school. And they needed a girl in a school play. And he said, you know, you don't have to talk or anything like that. They just need a girl. And I said, oh, my sister will do anything. And I was very shy. So I was like, I can't do anything. I can't do anything. I can't. You know, I was scared to death. But I was burned at the stake, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. And um, I had so much fun doing it. You know, the whole camaraderie of being in a show that I wound up continuing to do it. And I started doing musicals because I, I could sing. I actually, I knew I could sing because, you know, church and all that stuff like that. Like, not like Whitney Houston, you know, but I could sing. <laughs> and um, I started doing the musicals. And then Ali Sheedy um, from War Games and The Breakfast Club, she was my brother's girlfriend in high school. And we were oh doing God. a production of Oklahoma together. And she was the romantic lead and I was the comedic relief. And her manager came to see one of the shows on weekends and she said, oh, my manager wants to meet you. She thinks you would be great in TV commercials. And lo and behold, a couple months later, I booked a three-year gig singing jingles for a, um, a fast food chain. Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, cool. What Do you remember yes. what chain it was? Oh, yeah. It was Burger King. Oh, I sang nice. all those who's got the best darn burger in the whole wide world. 
Yeah. Oh. Oh, the, yeah. Those have to that be out there somewhere, right? Incredible. We'll have to find them yeah. and, and work them into this episode somehow. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, somebody found them on YouTube. A friend, a, a friend of mine actually who lives out in uh, Los Angeles. She's an, an actress, also. She found them on YouTube, and I was mortified. I said, <laughs> "Don't send me anymore." But they're cute. You know, you got the hat on. That's super fun. You know, I mean, I look the same. So yeah. Super fun. So what was the jump from commercials to how did you go from commercials to movies? Well, um, it, that's kind of weird because um, way back when uh, Woody Allen did a movie called Manhattan and he wanted real New York City teenagers, you know, to be in the movie, mm-hmm. to be outside this private school, not far from where I went to school. And he handpicks everybody. So my manager sent him the picture of me and he handpicked my photograph to be one of the students, you know, in school. And that was kind of cool. So I got to see what it was like to film a movie and especially on the set of a Woody Allen movie, you know, way back when in his early heyday, which was really cool. So um, then I made the jump, pardon me, my hair is my face. I'm like, oh, I got a dog and cat hair on my face. So after (laughs) that, they got the... Oh my God, you know, so many animals. Oh my gosh. So anyway, after that... um, uh, a casting director who uh, put me in a lot of commercials that she was involved with, she made the jump from casting commercials to casting movies. And the casting call went out for, it was called Jason back then. It wasn't called Part 2 because it wasn't a franchise yet. So it was the right. first movie where we, you would see Jason, you know, not as some thin coming out of the water and jumping on a canoe. You would actually see his face and, you know, his body lurking and things like that. And uh, the call was for an all-American girl next door. You know, not particularly sexy or anything like that. A little bit uncomfortable in her skin. And the uh, casting director went, Lauren. So they called up my manager, my management team. And I went into audition. And a couple days later, they said, pack your bags. You're going to count. So, so cool. Do you uh, recall what scene you had to read to audition? It was the one with the puck. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the one, one with the puck. puck because, yeah. you know, she, you know, because Vicky is not, you know, she's not the, you know, the sex kitten. She wasn't Terry and she wasn't Sandra. She wasn't walking around with her butt or her boobs hanging out because I didn't have anything, you know, or anything like that. I was like, Bleh. and um, so she was the sort of awkward one trying to be one of those girls, but not quite able to do it. So she was uncomfortably flirty. You know, that was my mm. approach uh, to the character. So I love yeah. I mean, it, it's awesome, though. It that plays perfectly as as you're describing it. You know, it's, yeah, you describing that makes perfect sense. Yeah, it, it's like because it seemed like you, it you weren't quite sure how to, like, uh, explain your intentions. Right. Like, I just yeah. I just want your fingers. Yeah. Yeah. And that, like, that yeah. Line, it's off yeah. a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I think, she was definitely uncomfortable. I did have to scream though for the audition too. They wanted mm. me to scream, and of course, you know, I can scream. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the the death scene for for that character uh, definitely has that for sure, and I think is one of the cooler scenes too because that's I I don't know what what started it. I guess it maybe was Halloween, uh, the tradition of kind of like going through the house to find your dead friends essentially. Right. Mm. Yes. Like when that started yeah. to be the thing that that started to happen, like at, toward the end of the movie, it starts, everyone starts to pop up. So this is like a foreshadowing of that because your character um, starts to go through the house and starts to, you know, goes into the bedroom, finds the dead friends and then uh, goes toward the bed and then sack Jason pops out just like the way that whole thing culminates. And then the scream, it's, it's very, it's very well done. Really I did well. ask Steve Miner, the director, I said, why is she looking upstairs? For a guy who's in the wheelchair, is there an elevator that I don't know about in this house? <laughs> so, said, Lauren, really good just point. do what's in the script. That is a fantastic uh, uh, point. And the next two questions we have are related to both to both of those, Tom McBride yeah. and Steve Miner. So, uh, let's start with Tom. You know, um, uh, rest in peace. But we we love Tom's character too. And oh yeah, the way you just described uh, the approach for for your character. Um, in the film, it makes so much sense that you were you were paired with Tom's character, and I think he did such a great job in this as Mark. Uh, he's one of our favorites in the franchise. But um, how was he to work with? You know, did, was it super fun on set? Did you get? Were you all having a blast? Like, how was he to work with? How was everyone to work with on the? He on the was movie? great. Tom was really great. We had known each other from the commercial circuit, 
for some reason, they would always put us together, but we never got put together in an actual commercial. We would audition together because they would always pair you up, you know, but Mm. then next to him, for some reason, he looked much older than I was, even though I think he was probably four or five years older than me. And on camera for commercials, they didn't like that. Whereas it worked for Friday the 13th. But um, when we were on set, I remember flirting with him. Um, it was the scene where we were, because we shot it pretty much in order of the script. So the early days were the daytime scenes. So it was the scene where Vicky comes out of the cabin to help him go down the hill towards the lake while he's in the wheelchair. And we were all shooting the breeze down, you know, uh, with Stu and with uh, Amy Steele in the uh, lifeguard thing. We're shooting the breeze. And I start flirting with him, of course, off camera, obviously yeah. off camera. And Tom looked and he goes, Lauren, how many how, how many years have we known each other from commercials? He said, and that's not going to fly with me. I said, I know, but a girl can try. <laughs> I said, it works for our characters. Let me just try to get into it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, he seemed he seemed like such a genuine person just based off the way he even played that character. So that's that's cool to hear. And yeah, how, he was. Yeah. So Stuart Charno uh, as Ted, not only is he one of our favorite characters from from this movie, but uh, he went on to do some pretty cool stuff. We always talk about this episode of the X-Files he was on called Clyde Bruckman's Final Repose. Like that's one of my favorite shows and probably my favorite episode of that show. Yeah. Uh, how was he to work with? He seems like he was probably larger than life is that sort of how he was as a person too he was yeah totally larger than life yeah he was a big personality and he and bill randolph actually knew each other before filming the movie and so they had a really good rapport on set too Stu got along with everybody he was just he was just every man he was great yeah yeah yeah. And so Russell Todd has been on our show, as I mentioned, he's been on your podcast as well. Uh, we listened to that episode. So a lot of fun there. But um, yeah, he's good. Another dog lover. Yeah. He, yes. Actually, yeah. when we he, interviewed him, he was like, he oh, to just the dog hang on out, one I second. Think, yeah. I got to let my dog in real quick. Uh, um, yeah. Chaos. Yeah. His shepherd. Yeah. yeah. His German shepherd. Yeah. <laughs> great. Great dude. Uh, but so did you, is that where you guys met was on, on set there? And then you just kept in contact over the years? Probably see Yeah, that's how, except for Tom McBride, who I knew through commercials, all of us pretty much met on set. I remained, um, uh, uh friendly, like in touch with, um, Russell, uh, Kirsten and Bill Randolph. Uh, we all remained, you know, within, you know, periphery of each other. Warrington Gillette, of course, actually called my agent. I don't know how many years ago, maybe it's 31. So 18 years ago or so, he called my agent and got my phone number from my agent uh, to give me a call when he was in New York once. And that was kind of cool. So Warrington and I stay in touch and um, we go back and forth all the time. He was, he's really cool. Um, um, but yeah, those were basically the, the group because um, uh, Bill Randolph is New York based. So whenever we do local conventions, I tend to be his ride. So that's always a lot of fun. Yeah. Very yeah, cool. that's cool. Uh, so you talk about this a little bit on the podcast, actually, with Russell. What was your guys' perception of Friday the 13th at the time? <laughs> I think Russell I mean, said he thought it was, it was a gig. snuff film, right? <laughs> yeah. For us, it was a gig. Um, we. This is what's so weird. You know, it, I mean, they made part two, Jason, it was called, right on the heels, like, like what, eight months after they did, yeah. you know, Friday the 13th, the original. So part one, yeah. uh, if you will. And we hadn't seen it. So we went to a screening room, you know, at Directors Guild of America, I believe it was. And they had us watch it. And Russell and I had the same thoughts, like, um, where are these people now? I mean, I went home to my mother. Uh, we were living in Brooklyn at the time, and I was, you know, just at the edge of um, getting out of high school and going to college. And I, I said to, I said, no, I was already in college, so I was on break. And I said to my mother, I said, I'm really concerned about this movie. What if it's a snuff film? Because I've never heard of these <laughs> actors or seen them again. I because it was so realistic to us. We yeah. really thought. Those special effects were amazing and they weren't CGI'd or anything. They were so good and it was so creepy. You know what? I had never gone to camp before. I never went to sleepaway camp. 
you know, as an adult, I sent my kids to sleepaway camp because they asked. But I was like, don't go outside. Don't flirt with anybody. <laughs> don't go to the lake at night. Don't do anything at night. You yeah. know, I see a guy so running paranoid. around with a sack on his head. Run <laughs> yeah. the other way. Yeah. Yes, run the other way. Anybody with a mask on or anything, just run. So it was, it was really weird because a, a year after that, after I filmed it, I was in an off-Broadway show with Kevin Bacon, who was in the part first one. one. Yeah, we never talked about it. Really weird, because I didn't associate him with part one. Because I pretty much, you know, you watch a movie, get about it. Because it wasn't a franchise; it wasn't a big fuss. It was a gig. Had you, you seen know, the was, first one heading into doing the second one, or did just you? once? Yeah, just yeah. once. Okay. Just that once. Yeah, I guess so it's it not like it is weird. today where it's like, I'll just order it on Amazon and watch it five times before yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or wait for Halloween or Friday the 13th weekend when they stream them all back yeah. to back to back and you can just watch them all. I mean, now, of course, you have the box sets yeah. yep. with the commentary, which is which is cool. But I like catching it on TV because. Oh, God, it's the best. It's it the best. Yeah. And my it's wife's that. always like, I, I have. Friday Thirteenth Part Two on I think I think I have five copies. I was going to say we have so many iterations yeah. of it. Yeah, VHS, uh, yeah. DVD, Blu-ray one, Blu-ray two, and she's like, "Why you're watching this on AMC Fear Fest?" I'm like, "Well, I like the commercials because they're Halloween themed and uh, it just feels like you're falling into it again, like when you're a kid." Uh, Absolutely the same thing. I, I love same thing. All all of that anecd- anecdotal stuff about. Um, what was happening in, in, in your lives at the time and what the perception was. That's, that's really cool. Had, had yeah. was, so was Halloween. So when Halloween came out in 78, did it feel to, I guess it, it didn't, if, if maybe you guys had left thinking it was a snuff film. So did it feel like there was a wave starting of, of, uh, horror films that were going to kind of. Not yet. I mean, it was weird because, you know, I knew about Halloween. I went to see it, of course, you know, um, you know, I was busy doing things. I was busy doing commercials and musicals and things like that. So I wasn't, you know, big on that. I mean, I like films like The Shining, The Exorcist, you know, I'm the omen. I really into that, those types of movies. So slashers to me, it was just kind of like, oh yeah. So when I did Friday, I was kind of immune to the whole slasher universe and how it was becoming like really big. The only reason why I knew it was becoming, you know, a thing is because my scream got me a bunch of jobs dubbing in mm. other women really? in other horror movies, which will remain nameless. I didn't but even one know was that actually that was a, a big movie that there was a market. Um, for I that. dubbed in. Oh, yeah, actually there, there's um, someone actually recognized my scream in one of the Halloween movies oh of, my in God. that time. Yeah. Yeah. How perceptive do you have to be to notice I, that? I'm gonna Jesus. have to. I'm gonna start tonight. I'm gonna work through every horror movie I have, and then I'm gonna message <laughs> you and say, "Was it this one?" And all you have to say is, "Send one thumbs up for yes, one thumbs down for no." Uh, what was uh, Steve Miner like to work with? It, for me, he was very serious. Because this was you his know, first like always... feature, right? Because he had he had been what like a PA on the first film, and yeah. then I think this was his first like feature. So he probably was like. I'm going to button my shirt all the way up to the top button and be a professional kind of thing. Right. Yeah, Cause you know, someone was he, like, all right, kid, here's your chance. Yeah. He absolutely was very serious. I mean, you know, Amy Steele has different stories, you know, cause it, it's different when you're the final girl and the final guy like John Fury and Amy Steele are, you have a different rapport uh, with those, the rest of us, the riffraff of us who got <laughs> killed. It was very different because, you know, you know, we had things to do. We had prosthetics that had to work, you know, yeah. so he was very by the book, very, let's get this done. No joking around. So when I would ask questions like, why do I have to change into these really ugly brown underwears when my black ones are perfectly pretty? <laughs> just change into them, Lauren. Why do I need to put perfume in my yaya? He goes, just do it. It's funny. I'm like, okay, I'm going to regret this for the rest of my life if I have children. <laughs> why Why am I looking upstairs for a man in a wheelchair? Just, yeah, just, just do, do it, Lauren. Lauren. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just just do it. I'm like, okay, I'll just do it. So he was he was pretty um by the book with all of us. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. And just re-watching, <clears throat> I watched the, I think Friday the 13th Part 2 for me is, that's the first one I saw. 
as a as a kid. So that's really what got me not only into the franchise but largely into horror. Um, I I certainly credit that movie, and um, just growing up with it. Do you let your kids watch uh, horror movies? By the way. Oh, we're we're mine working are, through that now. Mine are pretty much all in. <laughs> My five year old is obsessed with ho- everything horror. It's like I I've I've been um, it's wishy washy because it's like I don't want to totally shut them out. Uh, uh-huh. so I let them watch a lot of stuff without, uh, I'll censor, I'll self-censor a lot of stuff because I know where all the like main gory stuff is, you know, it's, so it, I can it's like, it's not only the gore, but a lot of it is the sexual stuff too, yeah, because the they ask questions the like, yeah. yeah, cause that, that part is, I think more challenging for than, sure than, than the, the gore. gore. Yeah. 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 Uh, cause our kids, they're around all of, like you see all this stuff, they're around all of this stuff all the time. Yeah. Uh, so they understand that it's fake. They understand that it's all an illusion, essentially. But yeah, the uh-huh. the adult subject matter is hard to, much harder to tackle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is for sure. I mean, I think uh, my kids were introduced to The Shining when I was nursing them. <clears throat> yeah. Well, we were actually going to ask about that. So are your kids into the Friday the 13th films? Are they no, in horror? Not at all. No. No. <laughs> not at all. In fact, my oldest one went to a sleepover way back when there was Blockbuster video. Yeah. And she went to a sleepover and they had rented out part two. And she came home and she said, forgot what grade she was in, but she came home and she said, So when were you going to tell me? I said, Tell you <laughs> what? And she said, Um, Friday the thirteenth, part two. How embarrassing. Is it to watch and see my mother with <laughs> underwear on? I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my god, I can't even like imagine. Yeah, that. I also cannot. Yeah. Do you have a favorite Friday outside of Part Two? Yeah, or of like, have you part kept six. up with them? Oh yeah, Part, part six. six is so good. It's so good. Yeah, it, we love it. Part totally six rocks. Well. Yeah, yeah, love the music. Met Alice Cooper. Oh yeah, I was so happy to meet him, and I just I was fawning over him. Yeah. about you know the man behind the mask it's and one whatnot. of the best and songs that song is just it so truly good is. yeah yeah it's a great song you know and i don't know if you know this story but uh bill randolph and i were doing an appearance at the mahoning drive-in theater which is in pennsylvania mm-hmm. yep. uh, you know a little west western west for me western pennsylvania and we all have the same agent you know um convention agent and tommy mclaughlin was also there oh cool and my uh agent you know, texted me and she said, hey, Lauren, can you also bring Tommy with you when you come to the drive-in theater? You know, he's also, you know, he directed part six, which I had just seen, funny enough. And so he comes, you know, to the lobby of the hotel and I said, oh, are you Tommy? He says, yes, I am. I said, okay, I'm your ride. So, you know, I asked him if he needed help with his bags because he carries, you know, a lot of merch with him, you know, the sign and whatnot, you know, albums, because he's a musician also. Mm-hmm. And so Bill Randolph is there with his bag of pictures and they both get into the back seat of my car and i thought oh nobody wants to sit in front with me okay maybe i smell like curry and garlic who knows right and uh we get to the uh we get to the venue and he's like oh thank you and i'm like okay no problem you know so i park the car and i go to my table and his table's next to mine and he kind of does a double take he went oh my god I said, lord marie i'm so sorry i thought you were my handler for the weekend because <laughs> ah, i also had my hair in you know little pigtails yeah yeah it was so funny i was you know he was mortified so when oh, we I were in imagine. germany together this time last year we were in germany at weekend of hell and we were at the airport and i said to him i said excuse me tom can i carry your bags for you <laughs> should, I, should i pull the car around <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's super fun. Here's a here's a five. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so let's fast forward one year. You were in another horror film um, called Girls Night Out. Oh, yeah. This so, is a goodie. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is a little more off the radar uh, in terms of slashers. We both love this movie, though. Um, yeah. And have a great relationship. with Also, it. our very first episode of our podcast, we did Ohio horror movies or movies that took place in Ohio. And this yeah. was this movie was on our very first episode. It was. Really? Wait, this girls night out. Yes, yes. So, yeah. so the school I guess is supposed to be in Ohio, um, mm-hmm. because the director I think was from Cleveland. I was researching. Bob Duvall. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I guess it was supposed to, uh, supposed to be there, even though it was filmed what in New Jersey. Yes, it was filmed yeah. in New Jersey and in Dobbs Ferry, New York, and. 
Um, actually, I'm looking for my phone because I think my husband's texting me, but I was going to get him up here uh, to just pop in and say hi because he played Bostwick in the movie. I, the yes, guy with yeah. the glasses and the cherry lip balm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, Yeah, that was him. We, we met on the set of the movie. We had no idea. Incredible. And that was one of the questions I had. I saw that when I was uh, doing research prep uh, that, that you uh, had married someone from, from this movie. And I was like, oh, my God, they had to have met there. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, we did. We met there and we got married in... Let me see if it's him. Let's see. This is terrible. No, it's my son. <laughs> Taking pictures of the snow and buffalo. Yeah, uh, we met on the set of the movie. Um, he was so, such a dork. And it was this time of year. And I was sitting across from him. And, you know, you have these communal tables where you eat your breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And he had this plate of food pile, you know, a, a foot high at least. And he's a skinny, skinny actor. And I looked at him, I said, are you really going to eat all that? Because I thought it was disgusting, you know? And he looks up and his bright blue eyes just smiled at me with a mouthful of food. And he went, <laughs> and it was just love. So oh, yeah, love that's at why, first you know, sight. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was love at first sight. And he tells a story about how he had seen me on commercial calls and he always wanted to talk to me, but I was always like talking to other people or with Tom McBride auditioning, you know? And I was like, all right, I don't remember you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that story though about him with the plate of food, honestly, like my heart is smiling thinking yeah. about that. That's such a, <laughs> that's such a genuine, uh, sweet story. So that's, that's so cool to hear. Yeah, um, thanks. And by the way, so the Blu-ray cover that you just held up, you, you're on the cover, which is amazing. Uh, that's the the best scene of the film, I think, is the scream scene there uh, when the the jump scare happens with the window. So awesome. Mm. Uh, I didn't realize there was so much blood. We just watched it about two weeks ago. And I thought, holy crap, I'd forgotten how much blood there was. Yeah. Yeah. I think people sleep on this movie because I've, I've talked to several, you know, other uh, friends in the horror community that are like, wait, the girl's night out. Is that, and I'm like, no, don't, you have to watch that, this movie again. Like it holds up. It's, I think it's like terror train ish in terms of uh feel. Uh, did you get any vibe from terror train in this? Uh, just with the collegiate I, thing. I didn't, but now that you're saying that I kind of, this most recent watch through, I watched it again yesterday and um, yeah, just, I, I, I honestly love, love this movie. The reason I think it dips okay. under the radar is because it's not streaming. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. like if it yeah. was on, you know, if it was on uh, Shutter, it would be everybody would be talking about. Yeah, it. we got to get. Yeah, this on I, I agree. I agree. And you have names in it, too. You know, with sure. Tanya Alda, yeah. you know, how Holbrook's um, in this movie, how Holbrook, yeah. it, his son, his yeah. son plays my love interest in it. Yeah. David Holbrook. I mean, it's it is. I, I you know, when I watched it again, because I was looking for scenes to put on my uh, website um, and I thought, my god this is actually pretty decent yeah what well, it, it it honestly it it is um i think it's Thanks. more than decent it's great and but, the guy that plays teddy james carroll he was also in uh um he knows you're alone with russell Todd. oh my gosh full circle and he yeah. was on loving with me um on the soap opera i was on for 12 years he was on that for a little while too oh awesome wait yeah uh, is that credit on your imdb i didn't i don't think i saw that what loving yeah Oh, I've been, I, you know what? I'm not in charge of my IMDb page. I don't know who is. Oh. So there's somebody who says that they're my rep, and that's not my rep. So I don't really know what's going on there. I just kind of ignore mm. it. But yeah, I was on the soap opera for 12 years. 12 years. So and I think the IMDb says like five episodes, and I'm like, no more like 500 episodes at <laughs> least. A thousand episodes at least. So that's another yeah. thing you have in common with uh with Russell too, because he he went into that world. It was fascinating yeah. talking to him about that because he had mentioned when we were talking to him. Um, I felt like we talked more about soap operas than horror films with Russell. We did do a lot of soap opera chat. Um, but we were asking like, what was that work like in comparison to doing film? And he was like, it was tough because you had two weeks vacation, and he was like, I was doing something in the yard on a Sunday and I broke my foot or broke my leg. And he was like, I had to call my agent immediately. And they had to write in the script for the following morning that I got in a skiing accident on the show and had to walk in on a boot with crutch, uh, with crutches and stuff. So yeah, he said it was. Oh intense. yeah. It's, it's a, it's an amazing thing. I mean, I was pregnant three times while I was on the soap opera, but they only wrote in two of my pregnancies. And then another time I got head to toe, um, poison ivy, highly allergic oh, wow. to poison ivy. And it was in the summer. So my character in the middle of the summer, 
is wearing turtlenecks up to here and long <laughs> sleeves. Yeah. The whole for about a week and a half. And people, wow. you know, you get fan mail saying, Oh, you know, is it cold in the studio? I'm like, No, I have poison ivy. <laughs> That's crazy. Also, you're a terrible candidate to be a uh, summer camp actress <laughs> yeah, yeah, with, <laughs> with poison ivy. Poison ivy propensity. <laughs> yeah. Also, I can't swim, which is why oh, I'm really? in that scene with um with Amy and with Tom and um, with Stu, originally I was supposed to run to the water mm. with everybody else, but I told Steve Miner, he goes, what do you mean you can't swim? I said, I grew up in the I Bronx. I grew up in the Bronx. Yeah. I was just about to say you grew up in the city. What? Come on. I saw yeah. Jaws. I'm not going to the water anytime soon. <laughs> Steve Miner just so tossed me in there. They kind of threw me in that. Yeah. Don't ask. <laughs> Don't ask. Just Don't do know. as I say, Lauren. Um, so how'd you, but how'd you come across the, the role for girls night out at that point in time? Were you recruited for it? after your performance in Friday too? Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Um, I had done Friday and then I did neighbors and then I was dubbing in horror movies and they pretty much called and said, is Lauren available? I went in, of course I had to read anyway, because you have to go through the process, you know, so they don't say, oh. and they just said, yeah, okay, you got the role. <laughs> I mean, it was awesome. just yeah one of those things where I just walked in and they just said right then and there, you got, you, you know, you, you have the part, don't worry. Yeah. So it was, not really That's an audition, the best audition right yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it was really cool yeah was was so that this, was that was fun this movie looked so i think it was uh west craven that said that comedies were a nightmare on set to film because everyone's <laughs> so serious about being funny and that horror totally. films are a blast so i guess comparatively speaking from doing a film like neighbors to a film like girls night out i feel like in girls night out that scene where you're all um uh together doing the photograph um at, yeah. at the party and and you're doing the cheer like the group cheer and everyone i honestly i, I was it. like get I'll me cheer. in that yeah. moment i will, I will recite yeah. these lines and hug all my friends <laughs> like it looked so fun yeah it was totally real we had such a great time you know um you know on friday i think because like you said steve minor was a new director and he was very like do it do it do it do it get the work done get the work done with this bob dubell really just let us go yeah. he let us be friends he let us laugh he let us ad lib he just let us have a good time and it really shows yeah when you see the relationships on screen the playfulness just even the guys who were the comedic relief um those two guys they had such a great time and we just hung out it, it was like it was like filming animal house except a horror movie version <laughs> yeah it honestly yeah. feels like everyone was having a blast yeah it does feel that that really resonates for sure uh, so, yeah we were totally having a blast yeah <laughs> so neighbors was with john belushi ah. and dan Aykroyd. um i don't think i've seen neighbors yet but oh, how yeah. was it acting with i mean like those are two fucking and were you chieftains of were you the industry john belushi's daughter in the film yeah, yeah, it was it was a great uh, it was a great time on my uh, I just finished this website with a friend of mine with Julie and, um, you know, going through the movies and looking for little clips that fans talk about when they come to conventions. They'll say, I really love this scene. I really love that scene. So we went through the movie and we pulled some of the scenes that fans say that are their favorites. And um, it was a blast. It was, I always call it the best time of my life was filming that movie. I mean, yeah. Girls Night Out was fun. Um, you know, they all are. But that was a great time because I, I was doing an off-Broadway show at the same time um, that I was doing Neighbors, which is kind of how I got Neighbors. Okay, so I was doing this off-Broadway show. It was a four-person show called Album, and it was with Kevin Bacon, Sam Robards, and Jennifer Grey was doing the same part in Chicago. Well, she fell down and broke her crown. I think it was her 18th birthday. And they flew me to Chicago to take over for Jennifer Gray um, in the theater there. Yeah. Um, so I did it with Adam Baldwin and Alan Ruck out in Chicago. When I came back, my agent had called me immediately upon, you know, arriving in my apartment. My phone's ringing, the answer machine, you know, the old school stuff. Mm, yeah. And they said, you need to go to this place they can't find somebody to play John Belushi's daughter in a, a movie that they're doing, in a dark comedy that they're doing. And I was like, 
Okay. You know, I ran to John Alvinson, the director. I ran to his apartment a few blocks away from where I was living. And Belushi and Aykroyd were there. And the director was there. And the producers were there. And, you know, and I was like, hi, I just came back from Chicago. Well, Belushi and Aykroyd went nuts on me. What did you do when you were in Chicago? <laughs> did you go to this? Did you go to this comedy club? Did you see Did you see Robin Williams? Did you do this? Did you do that? And I said, well, I was doing a show, so I was kind of busy at night. But, yes, I did get to go out and do these things. I mean, again, it was n- another thing where I didn't really read. I just chit-chatted with them. So I went back to my apartment. The phone rings again. They said, go back to John Alvinson's place. They want to see you again. They really like you. They like your personality. They, you know, just like you. And I was like, okay. So I went back and I read the scene with the candy underpants, you know, and they were like, the leash goes, that's it. That's it. You're her. You're her. And I was like, okay. But, you know, as being a cynical girl from the Bronx, I was like, until that signature is on the contract, I don't (laughs) believe squat. Yeah. You know, because, you know, it's New York, but it's Hollywood in New York. And sure enough, I go back to my apartment, phone rings. They go, go back to John Allison's. You got the part. They want you to sign the contract right now. (laughs) So that's how that came about. And it was really cool. It was a great time. That's awesome. Yeah, we yeah. we definitely wanted to ask about that. I know it's not not a horror film, um, but uh, yeah, but that is that's incredible. It's insanely cool to have been in Aykroyd and know. John Belushi, man. And I I love the oh, the story behind it too. That's so neat. Oh, it was it was great. It was so funny because John Allison had won the Academy Award, like the Academy Award for Rocky, right? <laughs> yeah, and here he is directing a comedy. And like you said, comedies can be horror movies to make, you know, because, you know, how do you tell two comedians how to be funny when you directed a movie about a guy who's getting his lights punched out? You know, and uh, (laughs) there was one time when um, John Allison was trying to tell Belushi, I tell this story a lot, so I hope I'm not being redundant, but it is kind of funny. Um, So we're there for the, the dinner scene. Right. And Catherine Walker, Kathy Moriarty and I are on one side and Belushi and Aykroyd are on the other side of the table. And, they, you know, because they kind of filmed it in a weird way. But anyway, so the camera's there and John Allison is trying to tell John Belushi how to be funny. Right. And it was so hot on the set. It was just, you know, we had these mini fans that the assistants would come and put in our faces. And John Belushi's got his you know, the napkin under here, you know, and he's listening to Allison like this. And, you know, Dan Aykroyd is just kind of like looking around with his eyebrows raised like this. Kathy Moriarty's got her smirk on her face and Catherine Walker, you know, she just wants to smoke a cigarette. And I'm there drinking um, a beer through a straw, right? You know, <laughs> like that. And he's telling me how to be funny. And finally, John Belushi says, don't tell me how to do comedy. Why don't you just take your effing Academy Award and put it on top of the effing counter so we know who the F you are? Of course, he used the real words. He <laughs> takes the napkin off from around his neck, throws it down on the table, slams his hands on the dinner table, and walks off set. And Dan Aykroyd just went, I guess it's a wrap for the day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And then we all went out and got Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> oh, that is incredible. Yeah, that's crazy. That story, like, man. That's the kind of mm. stuff that... It's so awesome to be able yeah. to chat with you and, and hear those kind of antics. It's so neat. So I know we're running out of time, but do you want to discuss, because I love the concept so much, do you want to discuss your con, uh, your podcast a little bit? Oh, yeah, the Not the Final Girl. Yeah, it was kind of funny because during COVID, you know, everybody came home because yep. all the kids were living in and around the city. Sure. So everybody came home. So there were eight of us in the house because they all brought their significant others including a best friend. So every room in the house was full. And I live in an old stone house, you know, in New York state. So it's not like I live in this McMansion or anything like that. So we were all on top of each other. And they said, Oh, Lauren, you know, you should do something, you know, you should do a podcast, you should do this. And I just poo pooed it. And then we started playing around with the name of it. And I thought, well, you know, I'm not a final girl. Oh, let's do that. So yeah, the whole premise was that I'm not the final girl. And I started out by interviewing, you know, Warrington Gillette, of course, you know, my friend and our, my Jason. And then I moved into talking to people in my franchise. And then I moved into talking to people in the Nightmare on Elm Street group. And, you know, most recently, Susan Lanier from the original Hills I Have Eyes. That was kind of fun because uh, she has so many stories about her time in Hollywood. 
And then I've kind of, my husband says, you know what? You don't have to stick to actors. Why don't you talk to whoever you want? You're the, not the final girl. It's not like you have to talk to people who were not final girls or who were final girls. You know, it's like, you know what? You're right. So I interviewed um, a couple of cosplayers that I really like and follow. Yeah, awesome. Um, a paranormal investigator, a movie buff. You know, so it's kind of fun. And then recently, I'm going to have an episode coming out this month because I'm a little busy with family right now, um, taking care of some things. So I've had to step back from it a little bit to do that. Mm -hmm. But I uh, got permission to record a Q&A session that I did at a recent convention. Oh, awesome. You know, and I promised the guy I would edit it. I said, don't worry, I'll edit it hmm. to make it, you know, sound nice and clean because I do it all like you guys probably do. Yeah. You do yeah. it all yourself. Yep. Um, and so hopefully I'll be getting that out, hoping for Thanksgiving, but I don't know if that's going to happen or not. So yeah, so that's That's really it. Yeah. It's kind of fun. Like you guys, you know, you have fun. Yeah. Yeah, That's why we're doing it. Yeah, no, exactly. And, uh, you can tell listening to your podcast, it's a lot of fun to listen to because, uh, you can tell that you're having fun. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. You guys are sweet. Yeah, we, we uh, stocked up on some episodes this week. And oh, yeah. Listened through, rewatched your films and uh, just oh, thanks. really great to uh, be able to meet you. So we will certainly we're going to post um, this episode. Uh, make sure wherever you're listening to it, we will post out a link to Lauren's podcast. So please check out the Not the Final Girl podcast. But uh, Lauren, thank you so much. We appreciate this. Uh, if you ever need guests on your show, we'd be happy to jump on and talk yeah. about Final Girls or Not Final Girls. <laughs> um, but <laughs> thank you for doing this. We really sincerely appreciate Yeah, this appreciate was incredible, it. Lauren. Thank you so much. Thanks for inviting me on, especially during dinner time. I know you guys are probably starving to death. Oh, it's all yeah. good. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks.